باب اذا لم يوجد الا ثوب واحد if there is nothing but a single cloth found meaning all that people can find to bury a dead person in is one piece of cloth remember we learned that three pieces of cloth right that is the sunnah but what if three are not found there's only one حدثنا محمد بن مقاتل اخبرنا عبد الله اخبرنا شعبه عن سعد بن ابراهيم عن ابيه ابراهيم ان عبد الرحمن بن عوف رضي الله عنه عبد الرحمن بن عوف اتي بطعام وكان صائما his food was brought to him while he was fasting meaning food was brought so that he could break his fast with it فقال when he saw that food he said قُتِلَ مُسْعَبُ بْنُ عُمَيْرٍ وَهُوَ خَيْرٌ مِّنِّي مُسْعَبُ بْنُ عُمَيْرٍ was killed while he was better than me. كُفِّنَ فِي بُرْدَةٍ He was shrouded in one burda, a single burda, single cloak. إِنْ غُطِّيَ رَأْسُهُ بَدَتْ رِجْلَاهُ If his head was covered with it, then his feet would be exposed. وَإِنْ غُطِّيَ رِجْلَاهُ بَدَ رَأْسُهُ If his feet were covered with it, meaning if they pulled it down to cover his feet, then his head would be exposed. وَأُرَاهُ قَالَ وَقُتِلَ حَمْزَةُ وَهُوَ خَيْرٌ مِّنِّي The narrator says that I think he also said, meaning Abdurrahman bin Auf also said at this occasion, that Hamza was killed وَهُوَ خَيْرٌ مِّنِّي while he was also better than me. ثُمَّ بُسِطَ لَنَا مِنَ الدُّنْيَا مَا بُسِطَ Abdurrahman bin Auf said that then the world was expanded for us was not stretched out before us, meaning given to us in abundance. Worldly blessings were given to us abundantly. And it so happened that at the beginning, there was a lot of struggle, a lot of hardship and poverty. But then after many years, with the conquest and with the victories and with safety, the Muslims uh, increased in their wealth. أَوْ قَالَ Or he said, أُعْطِينَا مِنَ الدُّنْيَا مَا أُعْطِينَا We were given of this world whatever we were given. وَقَدْ خَشِينَا And we're afraid أَن تَكُونَ حَسَنَاتُنَا عُجِّلَتْ لَنَا That our good deeds are being rewarded for here in this world. عُجِّلَتْ literally means that which is brought quickly. That which is brought quickly. So we're afraid that the reward for our hasanat, our good deeds, is being brought to us quickly in this life as opposed to the hereafter. ثُمَّ جَعَلَ يَبْكِي حَتَّى تَرَكَ الطَّعَامِ And then he wept so much that he couldn't eat. He couldn't eat. Because he remembered the sacrifices of these men. باب إذا لم يجد كفناً إِلَّا مَا يُوَارِي رَأْسَهُ أَوْ قَدَمَيْهِ غَطَّى رَأْسَهُ So the previous hadith Imam Bukhari brings to prove that a person can be shrouded in one garment also. Here, إِذَا لَمْ يَجِدْ كَفَنًا When no kafan, when no shroud is found, إِلَّا مَا يُوَارِي رَأْسَهُ Except for what covers the head. أَوْ قَدَمَيْهِ Or the feet. غَطَّى رَأْسَهُ Then in that situation, the head will be covered. Meaning if the shroud is so short that you can either cover the head or the feet, then what will you cover? What will you cover with the shroud? The head. حدثنا عمر بن حفص بن غياث حدثنا أبي حدثنا الأعمش حدثنا شقيق حدثنا خباب رضي الله عنه So now خباب بن الأرت he is narrating a hadith رضي الله عنه قال he said هاجرنا مع النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم 
He said, we migrated with the Prophet ﷺ. We migrated from Mecca to Medina with the Messenger of Allah. Why? Because we were seeking the face of Allah. We did it only for Allah. فَوَقَعَ أَجْرُنَا عَلَى اللَّهِ So our reward was on Allah because Allah has promised those who migrate with the Prophet ﷺ a great reward. فَمِنَّا مَنْ مَاتَ So he said, amongst us was the one who died. لَمْ يَأْكُلْ مِنْ أَجْرِهِ شَيْئًا He died while he had not eaten of his reward anything. We migrated for the sake of Allah. Allah promised to reward us. But some people died before even getting the reward. Before even receiving any reward. And then he says, مِنْهُمْ مُسْعَبُ بْنُ عُمَيْرِ Amongst them was Mus'ab bin Umair. How so? Because he died in Uhud. You see, when we study the history of Islam, when we study the seerah, we see okay, the hardship at the beginning. Then in Medina also struggle at the beginning. And then after the battle of Ahzab, you know, things change. Right? There's the victory of Khaybar, and then there's the conquest of Mecca, and then there's Tabuk and Hunayn. Right? And then we see, we learn about the death of the Prophet ﷺ. Then we learn about Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu, he was a Khalifa. Umar radiallahu anhu was Khalifa for so long. And the Muslim Empire expanded so much. You know, we, we look at the whole picture, right? But Mus'ab ibn Umayr, what did he see? He only saw up to Uhud. Uhud. And remember, in the first few years in Medina, Muslims suffered from a lot of poverty. A lot of poverty. Remember the hadith of Aisha radiallahu anha where she said that we only survived on the two black things. Right? Because she was mentioning that the masjid was dark in the night because they had no lamps. So somebody asked her that why didn't you light the lamps? She said if we had oil, we would eat it. We would eat it instead of burning it. We didn't have enough food. So imagine now, Musab ibn Umayr died at the battle of Uhud. What did he see? What result did he see of all the sacrifices that he made in Mecca? All the wealth that he left, the family that he left, the persecution that he faced. What result did he see? Nothing. Nothing. What happens with us is that we work hard for some time, and then we want to see the result of our efforts. And when we don't see the result of our efforts, we get disheartened. We give up. We say, I should do something else. Musab ibn Umayyad could have also done that. Maybe I should do something else because clearly I'm getting no benefit out of this. What was the real benefit that he was getting? The benefit of Islam. The benefit of the company of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The benefit of knowing that I am doing this only for the sake of Allah, not for the dunya. I'm doing this for the hereafter which is eternal, not for the dunya which is short. This is something we all need to remember, every single one of us. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will test us in our lives. Because of Islam, through Islam. We will see financial hardship, we will see poverty, we will see some form of deprivation. 
some kind of test. You know, some people are tested through poverty, other people are tested through loneliness. That when they're not able to keep any friends, or people don't want to be with them, or nobody wants to marry them because of their hijab, or their niqab, or their Islam. This is also a test. But typically what happens when we try, when we strive, and we feel like every time we just hit a brick wall, we feel like we're not being compensated, rewarded for the hard work that we're doing, for the sacrifices that we're making. What happens to us? What happens to us? We become impatient. Inside we get bitter. Outside also our manners with people become very inappropriate. Has Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala not said, وَلَا نَبْلُوَنَّكُمْ Has He not promised that He will test us? What's the promise? بِشَيْءٍ مِّنَ الْخَوْفِ وَالْجُوعِ وَنَقْصٍ مِّنَ الْأَمْوَالِ وَالْأَنفُسِ وَالثَّمَرَاتِ So what result did Musab ibn Umayr see in his life? Give me the answer. What result did he see? Did he get a mansion? Did he get a fancy house? Beautiful, lovely children and a beautiful wife? Many servants? And trips abroad? And then going back for Umrah or for Hajj? Did he do that? No, he died before the Umrah that the Prophet ﷺ went on with his companions. He didn't get to do Umrah again. He didn't get to do Hajj again. I'm saying this because we are hasty. We are impatient. We lose sight. We lose vision. We start off strong. We start off you know, with conviction that yes, I'm going to do this for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yes, I'm going to do my best. Yes, I'm going to strive. And at the beginning, there's a lot of energy. And then what happens with hardship? What happens? We start giving up. We start giving up. We start changing. And then 10 years later, 15 years later, we're so different from how we started off. Consistency. If you're doing it for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you will be consistent. Even if you see no results in your lifetime. Musab ibn Umayr did not see any results in his lifetime. But he died in that state. So Khabbab radiallahu anhu, he continued, he said, وَمِنَّا مَنْ أَيْنَعَتْ لَهُ ثَمْرَتُهُ And amongst us is he for whom his fruit has ripened. Aynaat in the Quran also we learn. Yan'i, it's ripening. The ripening of the fruit. So amongst us is the one for whom his fruit has ripened. Meaning he is seeing the result of his hard work. Fahuwa yahdibuha, so he is enjoying it. Qutila yawma uhudin. Yahdibuha basically means to pick the fruit. So he is picking the fruit, meaning he's enjoying it. And this is such a beautiful analogy. I remember as kids, we used to live in a house in Pakistan, and there my sister planted a mango tree. But how she planted it is that she put a mango pit all right, in the dirt. And then we were in that house only when we saw that mango tree growing. It was very, very small when we moved from that house. 
But it was in the neighborhood, so every now and then when we would drive by, we would, you know, look for the tree, and we would find it. So every few years we would see, okay, it's grown bigger, it's grown bigger, it's grown bigger. And then we also saw it as a huge tree giving fruit. But we didn't get to eat any of its fruit. My sister didn't get to eat any of the fruit. Why? Because she moved from there. We moved from there. Somebody else enjoyed it. But it so happens with some people that they plant the tree, they see it growing, and then they enjoy the fruit also. Right? So Musab ibn Umayr didn't see the fruit of his labor. Khabbab bin al-Arat radiallahu anhu, what is he saying? That I am basically enjoying the fruit of my hard work. And then he mentions Mus'ab. قُتِلَ يَوْمَ أُحُدٍ He was killed on the day of Uhud. فَلَمْ نَجِدْ مَا نُكَفِّنُهُ إِلَّا بُرْدَةً And we could not find anything to bury him in except for a cloak. إِذَا غَطَّيْنَا بِهَا رَأْسَهُ خَرَجَتْ رِجْلَاهُ When we covered his head with it, his feet would be exposed. وَإِذَا غَطَّيْنَا رِجْلَيْهِ خَرَجَ رَأْسُهُ And when we covered his feet with it, his head would come out. فَأَمَرَنَا النَّبِيُّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ أَن نُغَطِّيَ رَأْسَهُ So the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم commanded us that we should cover his head. وَأَن نَجْعَلَ عَلَى رِجْلَيْهِ مِنَ الْإِذْخِرِ And that we should put on his feet some إِذْخِرْ grass. So when the coffin is short, then the head is to be covered and the feet can be exposed. And if there is any grass available, like إِذْخِرْ or something like that, or local plants, then they can be put on top of the feet. Remember the at the conquest of Mecca and also later at Hajjatul Wada'ar, the Prophet ﷺ emphasized to the people the sanctity of Mecca. Right? And he said that its trees should not be cut. And he listed the things that are forbidden over there. But Abbas, the uncle of the Prophet ﷺ, Abbas anhu, he said, please allow us to use idhir. Allow us to cut idhir. Right? So in one of the narrations we learn that he said, فَإِنَّهُ لِبُيُوتِنَا وَقُبُورِنَا Because we need it for our homes and also for our graves. We need it for our homes and also for our graves. So we see here, one of the ways in which they would use idhir grass for the graves is that they would cover the part of the body that would be left exposed. So this was something that was done. Do you notice something about Musa ibn Umayr radiallahu anhu? Who is narrating about him? Is there only one companion? How many? Two. Abdurrahman bin Auf, and then also Khabbab bin al-Arat. Look at how they're mentioning him. They're talking about him. They loved him. They didn't forget him. After all these years, he died at the battle of Uhud. Right? And Khabbab bin al-Arat and Abdurrahman bin Auf they lived on for quite some time after the Prophet ﷺ. So you see here that they loved him and they fondly remembered him and they mentioned him before the people. Anything you'd like to say before we move on? Bab man al kafana fi zaman al-Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam falam yunkar alayhi. Man al kafana. Istaadda, istirdad is to prepare something from before. So the one who prepares the kafan, the shroud, 
meaning someone prepared the kafan fi zaman an-nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam in the time of the prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam meaning while this person was alive he prepared his own kafan and this was in the time of the prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam falam yunkar alayhi and that man uh, his this action of his was not objected meaning the prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam did not object to him that why are you preparing for your kafan this is not your job this is something that people after you have to do no the prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam approved of it that you can prepare your own kafan What's the evidence? حدثنا عبد الله بن مسلمة حدثنا ابن أبي حازم عن أبيه عن سهل رضي الله عنه أن امرأة So سهل رضي الله عنه reported that a woman جاءت النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم ببردة منسوجة فيها حاشيتها He said that a woman came to the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم and she brought a بردة What is a بردة? Cloak So she brought a cloak that was mansujatin fiha hashiyatuha hashiyatuha its borders so the borders of this cloak were woven meaning there was extra stitching over there for the purpose of design or color so she had decorated that cloak for him even so sahl when he's narrating he said atadruna mal burda do you know what is a burda qalu ashamla they said ashamla shamla is another word for cloak so qala na'am he said yes qalat that woman when she brought the cloak she said nasajtuha bi yadi who messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam i have stitched it woven it with my hands i made this burda with my hands i didn't just buy it No, I got the thread, I got the material, and I made this myself with my own hands. فَجِئْتُ لِأَكْسُوكَهَا And I have come to clothe you in it. Meaning, I want you to wear this burda. Look at the love of this woman for the Prophet ﷺ. She stitches this, and she brings it, and she says, I want you to wear it. I made it myself. So what was the response of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam? What was his response? What do you think? What would you do if somebody imagine a man in the position of leadership or you know a sheikh a teacher right and then somebody a woman brings him hmm? what would be the response typically is this permissible right la ilaha illallah look at the response of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam فَأَخَذَهَا النَّبِيُّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ He took it. مُحْتَاجًا إِلَيْهَا Because he was in need of it also. He took it because he needed it. فَخَرَجَ إِلَيْنَا وَإِنَّهَا إِزَارُهُ So he came out in front of us, meaning when he came from his home, he was wearing this cloak, how? وَإِنَّهَا إِزَارُهُ He was wearing it as an izar, as a lower garment. فَحَسَّنَهَا فُلَانٌ So, so-and-so person admired it. He really liked it. Because that izar looked very beautiful in the Prophet ﷺ. I mean, itself, the cloth was so beautiful. It was handmade, right? Hand-stitched. And then it altered a fancy border. And then it was on the most beautiful man. So, فَحَسَّنَهَا فُلَانٌ فَقَالَ أُكْسُنِيهَا 
This man really liked it and he said, Please give it to me. I want to wear it. Ma ahsanaha. It's so nice. So what do you think the Prophet ﷺ did? Gave it to him. What do you think happened to the people who witnessed this? They weren't happy. They said, قَالَ الْقَوْمُ The people said, مَا أَحْسَنْتَ You haven't done a good thing at all. This was not nice. لَبِسَهَا النَّبِيُّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ مُحْتَاجًا إِلَيْهَا The Prophet ﷺ was wearing it because he needed it. ثُمَّ سَأَلْتَهُ And then you asked him for it. وَعَلِمْتَ أَنَّهُ لَا يَرُدُّ And you know that he will never refuse. Why did you ask him? قَالَ The man said that إِنِّي وَاللَّهِ مَا سَأَلْتُهُ لِأَلْبَسَهَا By Allah, I didn't ask for it so that I will wear it now. إِنَّمَا سَأَلْتُهُ لِتَكُونَ كَفَنِي I asked for it because I want it to be my kafan. I want to be shrouded in it when I die. قَالَ سَهْلٌ Sahl said, فَكَانَتْ كَفَنَهُ It was his kafan. When this man died, the people knew what he wanted to be shrouded in. So they shrouded him in that shawl that came from the Prophet ﷺ. What do you learn from this hadith? This is one of my favorite hadith in Bukhari. What do you learn from it? Hmm? Tell me something that you have taken from this hadith. Very good. The way of the Prophet ﷺ was that he would not say no to people. So even if he was wearing something, and he himself was in need of it, and somebody asked for it, he didn't refuse. He didn't say, you know, I would love to give it to you, but I need it. I would love to give it to you, but I'm wearing it right now. This is typically what we say, right? We verbally express, oh, I really want to give it to you. I, I would love you to have this, but, you know, poor me, what can I do? The Prophet ﷺ did not say no. What else do we learn from this hadith? Yes. I mean, look at the companions also, that how far-sighted they were, that this man is preparing for his kafan, right? While he is alive. And he wants to make sure that what he's buried in is something that has come from the Prophet ﷺ. You know, it's amazing how girls have it decided in their heads 10 years, 13 years before they get married, what they want to wear on their wedding day. Isn't it? What color they want, what kind of a dress they want, uh, where it's going to come from. They have it picked, decided. They're just waiting for the guy to show up so that they can get married. That's all decided. But when it comes to the kafan, have we thought about it? Where is that going to come from? I used to live in Windsor and um, this lady, she was, uh, there were travelers in this city, right? And she, um, the death came to her, subhanAllah, while they were traveling. And uh, their family decided to take the, uh, this lady back home. And the flight was the same day and they wanted to have her, uh, you know, like all get ready, her funeral the same day. And uh, those days the stores were not open on Sundays. You know, it is back on those days when the whole thing is closed on Sundays. And it was a Sunday. And then uh, we have to look for a coffin for her and we have been, you know, checking upon people. And then we came to know that there's a lady, she has... Uh, prepared her own coffin, you know, like, mashallah, she was healthy and everything. And when we called her, for our surprise, she goes, she says, yes, I have mine, but I'm not going to give it to you of mine, but I have one for my daughter, so I'll give away that one. 
and you know for my curiosity i was so sh- and she did give us that and so alhamdulillah that lady's uh, uh, problem was solved and i was so shocked i thought maybe she is sick or you know like sometimes it's a long term illness or something so when we found out she was totally normal healthy daughter going to university engaged getting married next year and this mother has even prepared for her coffin subhanallah and uh, you know from that very day i realized like how you know we are in ghafla we are not prepared at all if we have a small invitation even for a smallest party you know where eight ten people are invited we are always worried about what we're going to wear what we're going to wear and this is a reality of the life that the biggest reality and we are not prepared for that we never thought about it. yes subhanallah just wanted to share about jazakallah khair and what you have mentioned that it was not available i mean you couldn't buy it from any place and this can happen recently i was at a comic book store and i just asked them you know out of curiosity do you carry kafan because i saw ihram i saw abaya i saw men's you know sob so i asked do you carry kafan and she was you know the lady looked at me surprised that what am i even asking i said you know kafan for the dead and she said no no we don't have that and uh, you know it hit me at that time that if Uh, you know we have to purchase a coffin where would we get it from where so this is your homework that you have to find out where you can get it from and keep keep one with you you know typically what happens is that you have relatives going india pakistan wherever whichever country that you're from and you know when they're going uh, or they're coming they ask you what do you want and you send them your wish list right get me a dress that's this color and you send me the measurements you know and we do all of that also find out how you can get a kafan this man prepared his own kafan in his lifetime and the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam did not object to that what else do we learn from this hadith about the manner of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam his kindness towards the companions and then how much the companions also loved him in return the men and the women he was so nice with them i mean you don't just you don't make something for someone with your own hand unless you really love them isn't it and then you don't go to the extent of putting a nice fancy border unless you really like that person to look at this woman how much she loved the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam she made it and she brought it saying i brought it so that you will wear it and the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam wore it accepted it accept gifts give gifts and accept gifts also yeah we don't talk about death in our families at all i just the mention of death is Exactly it's considered like an ill omen. Don't talk about death because then somebody will die. Everybody has to die. Talking about it will not speed up or slow down someone's death. Yes, don't talk about it in front of children. Children need to know about this reality. You know the, especially I was thinking about the story of Musa ibn Umair radhiyallahu anhu. It's worth sharing with children because he possessed only one burda. Correct? Only one. And our children sometimes have like 10 pairs of clothes, 10 dresses, 10 shirts hanging and they don't like any one of them. And maybe they've learned that from us because our closets are also full. Full, so many clothes, extra hanging. We don't wear them, we don't give them. 
And the one thing that we will need when we die, that we don't have and we have no idea where to get it from. So inshallah we'll conclude over here. The next topic is about janaiz, following the funeral. And inshallah we'll do that in our next class. Subhanakallahumma bihamdik. Ashadu wa la ilaha illa anta. Astaghfiruka wa atubu ilayk. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.